Hello, welcome to Thoughts from the Psalms, a series of meditations from the great hymn book of the Bible. I'm David Fryery. Psalms 113 to 118, known as the Egyptian Hallel Psalms. In our last programme, we began our new series in Thoughts from the Psalms, in which we are going to be looking at Psalms 113 to 118, which are known as the Egyptian Hallel Psalms. But these first two programmes are by way of introduction. In this introduction, I have four points. God's people and worship, God's people and the Psalms, God's people and the Hallel Psalms, and God's people and their salvation, that Jesus is a fulfilment of the Passover story. We looked at the first three last time. Our praise, often expressed in song, forms part of the praise of God's people down the ages, as well as in heaven, along with the angels for all eternity. We saw the role of the Psalms, the Bible's own special hymn book, in worship. And we saw that Hallel means praise. The Hallel Psalms are praise Psalms. But Psalms 113 to 118 are known specifically as the Egyptian Hallel Psalms because of their association with the exodus from Egypt and the Passover. Now the Passover and exodus from Egypt were to serve as a type of the fuller, indeed complete redemption, which was brought for us in Jesus Christ at Calvary. What an occasion the Last Supper must have been then. Which brings me to my final point, which we'll look at together now. God's people and salvation, that Jesus is a fulfilment of the Passover story. From many of the earlier plagues in Egypt, the Israelites were exempt. However, the tenth and final plague was definitely very different. God said that he would strike down all the firstborn of Egypt, and apart from some heavenly provision, also the firstborn of Israel. Why were the Israelites not excluded from the killing of the firstborn? Because they too were sinners, and God cannot abide sin. And yet by the Passover, God devised a means whereby he could be both just and merciful at the same time. There would be death that night in the Israelite camp, as well as amongst the Egyptian families. But God would provide salvation for all the Israelites through substitution. A lamb was to be sacrificed in each household, and a blood of the lamb daubed on the doorpost and lintel to the house. Protection from the angel of death, though, would be only for those who stayed in their houses and were therefore under the protection of the blood. When the angel saw the blood, he would pass over them and not destroy. The Passover was meant to paint a picture of God's salvation through substitution. It was to serve as a type, a picture of Jesus Christ. As John the Baptist pointed out, when he saw Jesus, Behold, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world. And Paul tells us that Christ, our Passover Lamb, has been sacrificed. The reason Jesus came to Jerusalem that final time wasn't just to celebrate the Passover, but to become our Passover. The plural for lamb does not appear in the Bible. There is only ever lamb in the singular. 
Sometimes the plural for sheep is used and translated as lambs, but the Hebrew for lambs in the plural is not in there. Even though each family killed a lamb at the temple just before the annual Passover feast, and the priests poured out the blood of each on the altar as a sacrificial offering. Symbolically, there is only one lamb, and this points to God's intention, that the feast of Passover is about one lamb, Jesus, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Jesus corresponded to the Old Testament type in many ways. Like the Passover lamb, he was a mature male, None of his bones were broken. He was thoroughly examined and found spotless, and he was slain for our sins. We boast, as in 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 18 and 19, that we've been redeemed, not with perishable things such as silver and gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without blemish or spot. Do you see what all this is getting at? As Christians... We are a redeemed people, a people pulled back from the gates of hell, a people saved for all eternity because of salvation by substitution. God sent his son as his Messiah, or anointed one, to die in our place that we can go to heaven. And so we are to be a worshipping people. As we go in the coming programs through these Egyptian Hallel Psalms, namely Psalms 113 to 118, we will use them to help us to learn more about how to praise and then to put what we learn into practice. We want worship which does not get trapped in a modern dichotomy or division between thanksgiving and praise. Thanksgiving, important though it is, is from us and reflects our thankfulness to God. Praise, though, is more world-changing, since it requires us to let the triune God be the subject. We want to be taken up in the wonder of God's goodness and character and actions, and as we focus on him, our praise will generally overflow into thankfulness, but we begin with God. Does not the one who gave his life to redeem us for all eternity deserve such praise? Is it not our Christian duty to learn how to praise better? Is not our God always worthy of more than we can give him, however much we have grown in our spiritual lives? We cannot stand still in a Christian life. If we do not go forwards, we will be in great danger of going backwards. So it must be onwards and upwards in our praise and our walk. And as we turn to each of the Egyptian Hallel Psalms, namely 113 to 118 in the coming programs, may they help us to do just that. When I see the blood, I'll pass over you. Christ our Redeemer died on the cross, died for the sin.
camp tonight. Amen. If you wish to discuss anything in this program with me, David Friary, please contact me via our studio. Please join us next time for further thoughts from the Psalms.